Welcome back to Season 2 of the Verde Podcast. This season we are going to go deeper and explore the movement that is driving sustainability here in Chicagoland and Illinois. Today we have John Brophy, who is the Sustainability Manager as well as the Director of Environmental Tech of the City Colleges of Chicago. Welcome, John. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, and then real quick, just a little uh, background on how John and I know each other. We were... Well, John, I think, worked there for a few years, but it was a uh, car-sharing initiative called IGO, which was a part of the Center for Neighborhood Technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was an intern there for just long enough to know that I wouldn't work in the nonprofit world. <laughs> but uh, I think you had some better success there and enjoyed it. Well, I worked there long enough to know that you don't get raises in the nonprofit world. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah that, well, that's, yeah, that's probably a fact. Um, but, yeah, that's a cool, that was a cool initiative, and I have a lot of respect for the Center for Neighborhood Technology, um, the the they were like, you know, titans of the nonprofit world back in the '70s, and they've driven some really cool stuff. So, I, uh, I actually keep in touch with a number of the folks, um, both at IGO and then CNT. I'm sure, you know, CNT Energy became Elevate Energy, yeah. um, and uh, Jackie Grimshaw. I actually just talked with last week because uh, I've augmented along with a host of other people an initiative that she started about 20 years ago. So we can get into that in a bit. That's cool. Yeah. She was one of the people that I didn't know very well, but in the 10 years since I've been there, nobody says anything but amazing things about her. And she's an awesome person. Still as sharp as ever. Yeah. Cool. Policy wise, she knows it all. Yeah. And we, and actually my my company does intersect quite a bit with Elevate and they're, they're pretty awesome. They've grown incredibly. So all right, so tell me a little bit about the City Colleges of Chicago and how uh, the sustainability initiatives work here. Um, so yeah, we, we are uh, seven colleges across the, city college, uh, across the city, and we also have another four satellite campuses, um, uh, Humboldt Park Vocational Education Center is a satellite of Wright College, uh, there's Truman College, Harold Washington College, Malcolm X College. Daly College, Olive Harvey, and Kennedy King. And between those seven, uh, we teach all sorts of stuff. Mainly, uh, we're an associate's degree and certificate granting organization. Um, Here in Illinois, uh, a good half of all students who get a four-year degree spend at least some time at a community college in the state, usually at least a semester or two. And uh, we we see ourselves as a bridge. a bridge with, with on-ramps and off-ramps uh, all across the state, but um, I see you're wearing an NEIU Earth Sciences shirt. That's one of our main um, partners in terms of bachelor's degree uh, granting institutions. UIC is a big one for Wright College, as well as DePaul. Uh, we also send students uh, across the state. UIUC, we just sent three students to Northwestern this last fall from Wright College, which was a huge deal. Um, Typically, some of the more uh, selective institutions haven't always had the most um, interlocked relationship with city colleges, but the scholarship program has really uh, augmented that. And um, so in terms of sustainability, what are we doing? We are trying to operate our, our plant management more efficiently. We're trying to do green cleaning. We're trying to do recycling, uh, hopefully in the future, composting, knocking on wood. And um, and that's in terms of kind of the basics of plant management. 
in looking forward, we've installed a bunch of solar. Uh, we've done some geothermal test wells. We do a lot of building automation system controlling. Uh, we were one of the early pioneers in really getting after building automation um, on the college side. And uh, lately, we've been really turning our attention to the academic side as well, uh, not only to be good stewards um, for today, but uh, to help encourage the, the stewards of tomorrow. So the city colleges, I mean, if I understand correctly, it's the community college of the city. Is that the right way to describe it? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're a sister agency uh, like Chicago Public Schools or um, Chicago Park District. We're, we're one of the sisters. And um, as a nonprofit in the city, we are tasked with um, continuing that educational goal hmm. um, from CPS through to the bachelor degree institutions. So it's not, it's, it's actually a nonprofit. It's not part of the city government or the... It's a little bit all of it. it so it's we're um, board of trustees, uh, community college, uh, five hundred eight, uh, Illinois Community College District. So okay. we're, we're one of the community college districts of Illinois. Okay. Um, so we're part kind of like a state institution. We're kind of a city institution. We're kind of our own thing. We're it's a lot of hybrid. Well, being in Chicago, in Illinois, in the current federal government, I mean, we must, you just must have funding coming out at you from all directions, right? Like, you'd hope. Um, yeah, and we're, we've been, um, we've been impacted quite a bit by the most recent budget um, issues over the last four years. And yeah. we've really had to get pretty gamey and rely on um, our sisters, among other institutions, to, um, to help carry us through some uh, some darker times, but uh, those are all hopefully for the most part behind us and, and offered some great lessons learned. Um, for instance, we for our landscaping services, we were with uh, Speedy Gonzalez and uh, Christy Weber for a while, and they did a great job. Um, during the budget impasse, we we couldn't afford uh, that level of landscaping service. So we uh, turned to a great organization called Green Corps, which is a project of CDOT, the Chicago Department of Transportation, in order to um, take part in their trainee program that also allowed us to, um, to keep our campuses looking good. Mm. And it, it's stuff like that where you, you really have to rely on your partners when you're unsure what the federal government's going to do or what the state government's yeah. going to do um, to just do your best. Well, and I, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I was a firefighter before I started my company, and uh, I remember riding through the recession. As it went down, being in public sector was a great place to be, but as it came back out, it was the worst because they it, they took so long for things to rebound on the the public side, and all the austerity measures came like two years after the recession started, and it was very counterintuitive to me, and probably a lot of people would make sense, but yeah, I, I think the big one is the MAP grant. Um, the MAP grant. I don't know if you remember, but they um, couldn't guarantee the funding for the MAP grant. It was one of the places they cut. A lot of social services got cut. Um, checks that you thought were going to just go and go and go forever. Um, MAP grant in particular, I think we, for the first year, we backed it, even though the students weren't getting their awards from the state. And then after that, we, we just couldn't financially yeah. swing it anymore. And... Students don't choose a school for one year. They typically choose a school for as many years as it takes to get the degree. So if a student was going to choose, let's say, Northern Illinois, they're making pretty much a four-year commitment. And if you um, don't have your MAP grant and you know you're not going to have your MAP grant, that's, that's something a student keeps in mind when they make their four-year decision somewhere else. Um, so that, that was a big one. 
How do you personally look at sustainability initiatives? Do you do you look at it as a cost saving opportunity for the 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 facilities, or do you look at it as an expense? Uh, so I, I like to think of uh, sustainability initiatives as something that kills a few birds with one stone, and um, and typically that's how they work, and and that's why they're so easy to sell. Um, so uh, the the biggest one we did lately that kind of our big sustainability push was um, moving the U-Pass to be available for some of our part-time students that were taking three or four classes. Uh, typically, we define a full-time student as five classes or more, or what they call credit hours. So 12 credit hours or more as a full-time student. And now what we've let in is nine to 11 credit hour students as well. Um, so the U-Pass to start with is, is our number one sustainability initiative. It allows students to ride CTA buses and trains as part of their tuition um, for the entire semester, day, night, weekend, middle of the day, 24 hours from, from the first day of class through the end of finals. And we find that allows students to not have to buy a car, which very similar to the work we were doing at IGO car yeah. sharing. Yeah. Um, so I, in many ways, I see this as a continuation of that work. And, uh, and so by allowing part-time students to access it, you're addressing sustainability in a few different ways. There's, there's the equity, there's the uh, environmental aspect, and there's the economic aspect. So in terms of society or equity, City Colleges of Chicago students are mostly part-time as opposed to full-time. And uh, about 60% part-time, 40% full-time. And that's of the four credit students. We have a whole basket of students that aren't uh, uh, pursuing credit in college terms, their adult ed, meaning they're getting their GED or some other GED equivalent. Um, there's continuing ed, which is uh, classes that you can find at a community college that aren't necessarily for credit. We have some awesome beekeeping here, for instance. That hmm. It's not a college credit class, but yeah. it's a good one. People like it. Uh, so in a typical four-year college, let's say Loyola or NEIU or UIC, you've got about 75% of people that are full-time. And the U-Pass has been for 20 years available to full-time students. So right off the bat, you have 75% of, of Loyola students getting the U-Pass and you've got 40% of City Colleges students getting the U-Pass. So there's an equity gap there. Okay. So addressing that by um, expanding it to the nine credit hour students and more, you get to about 60% of City Colleges students. So we're, we're over half then. So cool. it's equitable. Uh, Cost-wise, it's $140 per semester is the cost that CTA charges us. A typical monthly pass, an unlimited pass, is 120 bucks a month. So if you figure three, four months, uh, September through the end of December, that's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of uh, $480 if it's four monthly passes. And uh, if it's three, you got like 360. So somewhere in the $400 range of, of money you would have spent otherwise on CTA. And our part-time students typically have jobs. They typically have family to take care of, internships, a whole range of stuff. And so when you offer um, the part-time student you pass for $40 instead of 400, it's massive savings yeah, for them sure. personally. Um, so there's, there's the economic impact and then from the environmental impact, which I know you and I are kind of, yeah. you know, that's our wheelhouse. Um, the carbon emissions reductions of a single person taking the train or the bus instead of driving a car is just astronomical. And 
it's a, uh, a compounding effect when you think about the other choices that student is making outside of the realm of transportation. So it's, it's a really great one to see um, in an operational plan long-term to have students get the U-Pass because year after year after year, you're, you're banking your savings in a way that's um, in the, uh, it's in the, it's in the thousands of tons of CO2E that you're reducing on behalf of the city. So it's, I would say one of the most successful environmental programs stand alone without even the equity and without the economic, but you add those three together and you, you got a hell of a program on your hands. Well, the cool, I found myself thinking about a lot of the things we would do with IGO is figuring out the, the environmental impact of not just that person not taking the car, mm-hmm. but the other people who had less traffic on the roads. Right. So think about all those bodies that are, t- you know, that are taken off of the roads, making less traffic for everyone else. Like, who, it's a win-win for everybody. It's great. And, and they're not rocking around the parking lot looking for parking. Yeah. There's, there's all the idling stuff. You know, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of aspects of transportation get figured out if the person doesn't have to own a car. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a great, yeah, it's a great leadership the university's taken and the NCTA in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, um, we, we've tried to expand to part-time students for a while. Uh, yeah. We had a student trustee try it in 2011. Um, we tried to do it under a previous chancellor with um, Cheryl Hyman back when Forrest Claypool was the head of CTA. For a variety of reasons, things don't always, you know, it's not a linear path to get to the right policy answer. Um, it's time, it's pressure, and that's partly where I come in to just keep it on people's agendas and try to make the best presentation for it and to fully articulate the value yeah. to a variety of different stakeholders. Um, and then at the end of the day, if it's truly going to be a sustainable solution, you're not even on the final page of it. Uh, there was an email sent out about the the great you pass your part time students going live, and it went out to 28 people. I wasn't even one of them, oh. you know. And that's <laughs> and that's great. It's fine because like my, my job is not it, it's not to you know stand at the end of the line with a trophy. It's it's to be a point guard along the route. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not passing out the U-passes. That's our great student activities coordinators in our business office. And those are the need-to-know people at, you know, for the nuts and bolts at the end of it. Yeah. Um, but I was just I was so pleased and proud of these guys to, to pull that one off. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned stakeholders. So who, who are the stakeholders in this world? of who, who needs to be on board to help agree to something like that or any other big initiative that you might have? Um, so, yeah, and that's, that's a funny part of this world. Um, because there's certainly political considerations. Um, there's uh, the the mayor, you know, and we're getting a new one soon. But uh, there's also uh, aldermen. There's state reps. They've let uh, state senators, the governor. Um, they all have a vested interest in the the success of the city colleges. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, just just given that. Uh, I think I read recently it was it was either forty or fifty percent of all. Uh, bachelor's degrees granted in the state of Illinois had students who had spent at least a semester or two at a community college in the state. So we're very much part of the bottom line of whether or not the state is producing graduates. And um, and even though you know people think of city colleges or, or community colleges as as maybe a, a, a bridge, that and that's fine with us. We, we like to view it as a very essential bridge. And if you don't have it, then you don't have a lot of these feeders 
into uh, into the ultimate goal, was, which is to gr- graduate people that are ready for the workforce. And do they? And does city colleges have a board, like an elected board? That um, it's not an elected board; it is an appointed board. Okay. Um, and uh, but it, it come, it's people from all walks of life. We we've had some very interesting folks. I think right now we have a, a board member who was at Johnson Controls for a number of years. Cool. Um, so like on the building and energy side. Um, We've had board members in the past who've taken an interest in different parts, and and that's the great thing when you have uh, you know twelve different people with the fate of the city colleges in their hands, you, you can kind of specialize a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can you can get some people that are interested in UPass, you get some people that are interested in solar, uh, green roofs. Um, so we we've had we've had great support from our board. We've had great support from uh, the community in general. Um, one of our uh, great neighborhood. Uh, friends is uh, Mark Shulman over at Eli's Cheesecake. He he's a big supporter of the Environmental Club, and that's cool. Yeah, he brings us some cheesecakes from time yeah. to time, so we appreciate that. Yeah, I think they're rolling out a uh, a vegan cheesecake, and that's uh, amazing. I, I don't even know how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems <laughs> seems counterintuitive to the cheesecake industry, yeah, but some yeah. beans or something. But yeah, it was right. good times. Uh, what are some of the personalities that block initiatives, uh, specifically like sustainability initiatives? Like and you don't have to name drop people, but like, are there are there certain a certain style of alderman, or are there certain like people older, you know, tenured professors, or like mm-hmm. students, like who who gets on board and then really who tries to block? Right. Um, yeah, and that that uh, again probably depends on the initiative. So um, so for instance, environmental clubs. Uh, which I would say is kind of a very important building block in, in getting the student support for initiatives. Um, those, the teachers, the professors who back those initiatives and, and volunteer to become student advisors, they come from, again, all over. Uh, a lot of interesting second career folks, you know, used to work for BP, want to do something different. Used to be an investment trader, now want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And then and they get into science teaching and then they find out you know, that there's this uh, social aspect that you got to engage in order to move something like that forward. Um, and then on the other side, uh, who, who, who blocks, who, who gets in the way of something like that? Uh, that's, that's the funny thing. You don't really have anyone who's against you. It's more finding people that understand their own worth and their own power in the organization. And even if they do know that they have power and worth in the organization, sometimes they um, are looking to not spend their, um, their their equity that they've built up on a specific initiative. So it's it's not really anybody's against you. It's just they don't know they're on your team yet. And, right. But they get there. And yeah. and I was I was I was looking through some old emails when um, when we finally did get the part time student U Pass up and running. Like I'm talking about three four year old emails of people that we've been trying to to push in one way or another to say hey this is a good idea we should do this and a whole lot of like oh you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go to the state government and change a law for that and, you know like yeah. just, just stuff that you're like no i won't you yeah. know and and it's a, a lot of people just not not ready to engage that fight because it just takes a long time it's interesting. I've uh, started this year. Really enjoy working with like public se- sector buildings. Um, so firehouses, which has been a really fun personal, you know, client of ours. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how almost the exact same small town 
will interpret like laws differently. And one will say, oh, we could do this as long as it's under $20,000. We want to do it. We've got the money. We've got to go. And the next one will say, well, we'd have to bid it out. And there's a law that says like people can interpret. Like you said, like yeah. if they want to do it, they'll come find a way to make it happen. Um, so it's been interesting to try to kind of understand that world a little bit better. And I don't think there is a – people must just be good at navigating it, you know. And, it, yeah, and that's – I mean that's part of procurement's job to, to keep everyone on their toes and make sure that uh, you're getting your proper quotes in yeah. and, and you're, you're meeting your commitments. We've got a great um, MBE and WB commitment, women-owned business, minority-owned business uh, that we make sure that we get quotes from these different companies. And then we have goals for participation in the actual awarding of contracts, 25% for minority business, 7% for women-owned business. Cool. And, and in theory, every time we get um, some of these quotes in, it's an opportunity for a business that may not have gotten the ability to quote the first time. Um, we just bought some solar panels, for instance, and it came down to a women-owned business on the very last day that I could get quotes in and they want it by like not much at all. That's but, cool. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it, but the system works and yeah. um, that's an important one, but you mentioned firehouses and energy. Uh, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, the great work Sunrun has been doing in Puerto Rico. Uh, Sunrun is uh, Amy Hart is on our uh, advisory committee for the environmental tech program. And one of the great things that Sunrun has been doing in Puerto Rico is they've been popping solar panels on the rooftops with batteries at, at the different firehouses down there because you need mission critical infrastructure yeah. and, and you need it before you have an emergency as opposed to after. Yeah. And so that was good to see. Well, what's beautiful about that is, uh, there's a lot of uh, fire protection districts in general spend a lot of money on being prepared for when they need to, you know, just like you said, right. The yeah. power goes out. And typically up till today, almost all of that's spent on generators. Hmm. They will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on generators, and then they will spend tens of thousands of dollars maintaining those every year with zero output of those things except when you need, and then it's natural gas running them typically. So think about the opportunity that solar has there. An investment of the same couple hundred thousand dollars could could provide mission-critical performance out of that fire department through a hurricane or – you know, power interruption for an extended time period. Granted, you're not going to have the AC running, you know, but I was at, we had storms in Wilmette when I was a firefighter and we'd have five days down where we were going into people's basements and, you know, trees, there was no power for the entire town. Everyone's losing food and we're sitting there and the AC's blasting, you know, like, and that's not what we needed, right? We needed the radios to work and we needed the phones to work and the computers so we could do our jobs, but you don't need to run that AC for an entire building during a power outage. But if we had had instead of putting in a two hundred thousand dollar generator and put in two hundred thousand of solar, like you like you mentioned, we could have been operational. And think about the environmental impact of that over 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, so I actually think about that all the time, and it's it's part of like getting people on board with that concept, right? And it's mm-hmm. not always it's an uphill battle for sure. But that's awesome they're doing that in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and, and on, on the academic side, I mean, what, I'm, I'll be teaching renewable energy this spring. Um, Environmental Tech 114. Sign up today. Uh, and, we'll, we'll add a link to our website. <laughs> and uh, it's, I, I think I saw in Vox or something the other day, uh, the $24 trillion opportunity to get started today on renewable energy. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. that big. If, yeah. If we, uh, if we use the market forces to our advantage instead of whatever craven vampirism we've done to this point, yeah. 
we actually might be able to turn the tide on carbon emissions, which just sounds crazy. Yeah. And and as a practitioner, and I know you've been a practitioner for a while, you're you're handy with the numbers. You know we're we're done. Yeah. It's over. Well, what's what's it, what's su- super exciting to me today versus ten years ago? You know, I studied this in grad school fourteen years ago, and then we worked together at IGO ten years ago or so. There was like some hope, right? We had some plug-in hybrid technology yeah. that nobody else had, and like there was some. It was a lot of hope back then. Today, it's it's really like it's a numbers game. Like we could do it. There's not. I don't feel anything but optimism, right? Yeah. It's a choice. We're choosing at this point to go down that path or not. Um, and what's what I think is beautiful is that there's an economic opportunity, this place to make money doing it, which mm-hmm. is cool. So ten years ago, I didn't I didn't see that, but I do see it today, which is exciting. Same. I 2008, I just started at IIT for my uh, environmental tech master's yep. program, and um, and I was interning for the city department of transport or uh, department of environment back when it existed. Rest in peace. And uh, we were, I remember going over back and forth, Chevy Volt versus Nissan Leaf, compare and contrast. And uh, I I couldn't make a decision. I was like, these are both great cars. Yeah. And now, of course, I have both cars. Yeah. And so now my wife's like, well, we need something bigger because we got two kids. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we things that were on the drawing board are now in the parking lot. Uh, yeah. The solar, the, the new solar PV generation added in the last calendar year, um, new solar generating assets added to the electrical grid, I think accounted for something like 40% of all new electrical generation. You go back five years, it was 4%. You go back 10 years, it was less than 1%. So you're literally talking about a revolution on the scale of which, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not as good a historian as you are on this subject, but... No, I, I, I and I'm weak in this area as well, yeah. other than... The numbers I'm weak on, but the concepts, I, I mean, I just, there's, there's, if you can't feel optimism today around this topic, right. like, it, it's, it's tough. So, uh, specifically, Illinois is going to be very exciting for solar. The FIJA law that went through, which, you know, we talked about Elevate was a huge, CNT, they were huge advocates for that law that went through. There's significant solar incentives coming down the pike. And traditionally, people like, public sector buildings like you guys have done it, mm-hmm. those are going to be less incentivized, which is okay, but private sector, residential, it's going to be really heavily subsidized. Oh, yeah, and, and you could add the, um, if you could amortize the depreciation, if you could um, use the tax breaks to your advantage, uh, if you've got other tax liabilities, if you have financing partners, this yeah. is this is the time. Yeah. Uh, I saw, you know, it was kind of brilliant, but I... I didn't quite understand it, but I saw Oak Park. We went and visited their solar array at one of their, I think it's the Park District building. I think they're only dipping into 10 or 20% of their production out of this rooftop array that they put in. Mm-hmm. But it was financed by an outside company over 20 years. But then they also procured their energy from the same company. So there's there's a lot of ways you can creatively make things work now yeah. um, at, like, zero cost. Like, it's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it went from a... a essentially a marketing, a loss leader financial perspective to what is now it's driving the the price hunt. You, you can get for less than the typical supply cost, you can get something on your room, find something on your roof financed by a third party that um, will essentially be saving you money, not only on the supply cost, but also you, you don't have to pay grid costs if it's behind the meter. Yeah. You're running your, you're running your uh, little clock backwards there. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're actually starting classes this fall, uh, tomorrow, at Olive Harvey College. We've got a non-credit uh, solar PV installer training program. No kidding. Financed by the FIJA yeah. um, initiative through ComEd and um, local uh, 134 IBEW's uh, Renewable Energy Fund uh, put together some solar PV installer classes that they're running at Olive Harvey. Great. And uh, it's going to be an apprenticeship program where they go for the fall, they learn all about you know everything solar, you get the equivalent of a NABSAP associate certification at the end, um, if not the test itself. And then you go to work for a specific solar installer that's local. And, you know, you keep doing well, you keep getting your, uh, your work done, and then eventually the, the path could lead you towards being an electrician, which is another area that has classically been uh, a little difficult for our local, you know, minority populations to access. It, it, a lot of things in this world haven't been as equitable as they should be. And whenever you can use a sustainability initiative to address something like that, yeah. again, kill a whole bunch of birds with one stone. Yeah. And, I mean, not really. I love birds, but, uh, and I, I got a, a birder friend who's just going to be like, okay, all right, John, I yeah. see what you're doing here. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, that, so we're really happy about that. And then hopefully we're going to do another one of those cohorts at Dawson Technical Institute in the spring. And then, um, along with the renewable energy program here at Wright and the, um, Kennedy King has is, is just started offering an alternative fuel vehicle program where they're going to teach electric vehicles, hybrids, at Kennedy King College. Um, and that, this is all market demand. Um, yeah. Pet Boys came to them and they're like, hey, we keep getting these Toyota Priuses come in here. People want us to work on them and um, our guys aren't certified on it. And so we have to keep sending it to the dealer. We're losing money every time they yeah. come in. Yeah. And these things are only getting more popular. You know, they're not going away. So. Yeah. They're sending their guys to get trained up, and it's a market-driven field. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, it's a great – that sounds like a great partnership with a lot of different players. And um, that one took five years. Uh, Earl Powell, who's the head of that program, was a student at Kennedy King in the automotive program, you know, however long ago. Went to work for Argonne National Laboratories for 15 years, came back and uh, was running this automotive program. But those lessons learned yeah. at Argonne where he was working on, you know, the high-tech new stuff, he's like, I got it put this part of the curriculum he put together a package curriculum five years ago he's been fighting for this thing it just started and got iccb accredited this fall so you, you have to be in it for the long haul if you want to make yeah. changes in academia we're we're not as nimble as we would like to be well that's that's an amazing statement actually that you've got to be in it for the long haul and that's part of what's exciting about like where we're at right now is that you know the economy's good People have been in place for a while. Like the stakeholders are here. Like it's, it's good to see that. So, um, couldn't cool. agree more. Yeah. So, uh, my last question for you is going to be: Tell me about your biggest win here at the city colleges. What are you most proud of? Give me one or maybe two examples of things that you would just like. You think were just and obviously you talked about the UPass, which is I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited that I, we can share that. But what else? You know, give me another example of something. Well, I would say. Um, Again, this is kind of a longer-term win, but um, Divi. Divi Bike Sharing started in Chicago on my birthday five years ago. And uh, I remember when I was talking with Ben Gomberg, and, who was the original CDOT guy working on that, and um, we were talking in part of our, our IIT classes, and it, um, it was a concept borrowed from Paris, France, and... Uh, 
made made it all, all over the country and all over Europe and all over some other places uh, to one degree or another. When I was a kid, there was a small town, I think it was in South Carolina or something on the beach that just painted all their bikes yellow and so everybody could use them and it was just, it stuck with me. Yeah. And um, so what we did here at City Colleges when they were rolling that out is we just bothered the hell out of CDOT the entire time they were putting this stuff in uh, to make sure that City College's locations would be among uh, the early yeah. targets, and, as well as figuring out a way to get a discount for students. So uh, we've been doing that, and we were up to about nine locations across the city colleges, and we had a nice $25 discount. So instead of 100 bucks a year, it's 75 bucks a year for students. And then they, they started this program called D4E, Divi for Everyone, where you can do a $5 annual membership for the first year, and then it steps it up after that. And, um, and some of our students have been able to take advantage of that because one of the locations to, to catch that is at Kennedy King. Cool. Um, but the biggest win is part of that. And I was encouraged, the, the new head of our um, Wright College Environmental Club this year, his name is Ian, and uh, he'll actually be joining the Marines in the spring. So he's, he's president for the fall, and then he'll have to abdicate the throne as he, as he goes abroad. Um, and we wish him all the best. But he, he had said something to me when we were going through our brainstorming session, and he said, I, I really want to think small this year. And I had to kind of think about that for a second because I'm like the exact opposite. Yeah. And um, when he said, I really want to think small this year, I was thinking about, yeah, you have to. You know, it, it, life is temporary and local. And um, the biggest win I think I've had is that I was able to convince CDOT and Divi to put a Divi station at Malcolm X College. And it doesn't seem like that big a win. Yeah. And it's, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's not. But for me, it was something I personally advocated for. 20, 30 emails, you know, hundreds of conversations, um, a lot of pushing, a lot of prodding, a lot of thanking, a lot of just letting people know the, um, the value of it. And then it just went in a, uh, a month ago, and uh, it just felt it felt right. It felt like we're all part of this solution, right? We're all five uh, percent of this solution. If we're if we're doing the best we can, we're going to be five percent of this great idea. And if you fulfill your your role in that that five percent, then you can push something downfield as long as. As long as you don't need to take credit for it, there's nothing you can't do in this world. And that my, my dad has firmly embedded that in my head, and it's something I've kind of carried with me. And that's why I would say my biggest personal win is this Malcolm X College Divi station. It's um, awesome. It's yeah. Divi's interesting. Like, I remember when it came out um, and, and how, like, it just, if you look at the map, it's not equitably spread out throughout Chicago. And that's right, like... It needs to fight for survival as well, and so it needs to be where people are more likely to use it. But there's definitely some obvious deficits, and it's good to see that's kind of changing. Interestingly enough, we just installed LED lights at Divi Station, and part of how we – their warehouse, and part of how we got that deal to go through um, – because I, I think they just got bought, right? I don't remember the whole background, but I remember the analyst that was working on the deal. I said, hey, let's barter with them, right? So we have free membership for all of our employees right now. So all 29 awesome. Verde employees get free oh, Divi well for a done, year. Jay. So that was cool. So, um, so it's cool to see a lot of different groups coming together to make stuff happen together. Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's just you, you almost have to you almost just have to accept it, it's it's part of like you, while you're losing control, you're 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 giving people space to be great. And, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think Divi is one of those examples of, of a program like it just makes too much sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm really happy with the academic gains we've had at City Colleges. I'm ecstatic about the part-time student you pass. Um, Metra, I'm coming for you. We're going to figure <laughs> that one out. But in the meantime, I would say these these Divi stations that our students can, it, it, it makes me so happy seeing students ride around the Divi bikes. Awesome, John. Hey, John, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this and uh, some great quotes out of here. So I'm going to try to find a way to package this. <laughs> You're like a, a good orator. Uh, for your perfect candidate for something like this. So thanks for being here and good to catch up. You too. You too. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks.